Hello, I am Jennifer Lynn Purcell, aka Evertunia Butterfly, bringing to you a living with an invisible learning challenge where we will discuss the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD. I don't know if you're a new listener or not, but I would like to share with you where I get most of my articles for this podcast. I've recently learned about a nonprofit that I would really like to help. It's the NVLD Project. In addition to doing research on NVLD and working to get it back on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that is the DSM, they provide support groups for those with NVLD. You can find the NVLD Project at www.nvld.org. All proceeds from this podcast and the ads will go towards the NVLD Project. I will include the link for this in the description of the podcast. Please go to livingwithnld.com to learn more about my podcast. Also, I would like to announce that I now have created a YouTube channel for this podcast. I will post the link for this in the description for you. So today we are going to talk about why obvious things are annoying to people with NLD. Since I have NLD, I find it annoying when someone states the obvious. A good example is when my family was driving into work one morning. We saw that there had been a car accident on the freeway. I saw that there was a car hard that someone was trying to move out of the way of the car's which was stupid because they were going to get run over. And I asked my dad what the car part was because I couldn't see it very well since I was in the back seat. His response was a car part. He stated the obvious. I knew it was a car part. I should have been more specific and asked what part of the car it was but I didn't think that was necessary. I was wrong. I would say that when someone states the obvious to me, I find it annoying because I don't find it necessary. I guess that's because my mind tends to take things too literally. For instance, if someone is joking with me, I may not always know that they are teasing me right away, especially if they have a straight face their tone of voice sounds serious, or I don't get the joke that they're trying to tell me, then that doesn't help me know that they're joking with me. But on the other hand, if all of that is false, and I'm able to tell that they're teasing me, then I'll try to tease them back as best as I can. So since my mind doesn't naturally make sense of when one is joking with me. I have to work at this more. But I have gotten better at this because I am aware of it and have been aware of it since I was diagnosed with NLD, which is when I was 19. I am 24 years old now. After I knew, uh, sorry, after I was diagnosed, it was easier to know that happened to me because my brain is wired differently than most brains. Because my brain is wired differently, I have to remind myself often that comments may not be necessary like correcting someone 
pointing out that something is really obvious or literal, or what the literal part slash meaning of something is. Although sometimes I do point the literalness of something out just to be silly because my family knows that my mind tends to think in more black and white terms. It can be a stretch for me to see the gray side in things, but sometimes that depends on what that is. I think that another reason that something obvious annoys me is that it is like, why wouldn't I notice it if it's right in front of my face with the obviousness? If it's very clear that the obviousness is there and you point it out, it may make the person with NLD think that you're pointing this out to me. It, it just may make them think, why are you pointing that out to me? Like, it's not necessary. Hope that makes sense. Maybe they think, it may be the neurotypical things that I can't see that it's so obvious. If this is true, it may make the one with NLD think that they don't have a brain that thinks literally or black and white when they know that's not true. So I found an article to support the literal world of people with NLD and it is titled The Black and White World of the NLD Child by Marcia Ruberstein, who has a master's and a CEP. Quote, they struggle to find classrooms, remember locker combinations, and navigate through the cafeteria with a tray, a backpack, and a, and a prayer that nothing will spill to further cement their status as losers, end quote. So I can relate to this article because I remember in college, once I knew that I had an LD, I tried to fit in even harder because it added to my uniqueness. Now I just wasn't a woman who had been to 26 countries, homeschooled before college, sexually molested, but I also had an LD. This was something I had to learn how to describe to my friends if I wanted to tell them about it. <laughs> Same thing with the sexually molested part. I found myself having to fit in more because of all my unique qualities and spend extra time describing why I was brought up the way I was. And... I would say that article also brings up a good point because it's like, you know, people with NLD, they really do try to fit in so hard, but it may not be obvious to an NT neurotypical because they're not, they're probably not seeing all the things that are going on in their head that they're thinking, okay. I have to try to make sure that I notice their body cues, their social cues, their body language, and I have to make sure that I am wearing clothes that are in. I have to make sure that my hair looks good if you're a girl and probably if you're a guy too. I have to make sure that 
my um, breath smells good or wh whatever is going through your mind and <laughs> your wheels are turning and maybe steam is coming out of your ears, at least you probably feel like it is. So I would say that is adding to the stress in your mind. And when someone points out that something is obvious to you, and if they don't know that you have NLD, it's going to be annoying because if your your mind, especially if your mind is so literal, like most NLD minds are, then it's going to be like, well, duh, I usually see that. I notice things are very little and black and white. It's hard for me to notice the great things. Um, so here's another article that will hopefully help with the um, obvious things and maybe helping with describing NLD to your friends who are neurotypical. So this is from the NBLD project and it's titled The Irony of Having Nonverbal Learning Disability by Megan, who is a graduate of child and youth, youth worker program from the Caribbean College. And she is pursuing a degree in disability studies at Ryan University along with a certificate in Aboriginal knowledge and experiences. She is a project social ambassador for the NBLD project. And quote, I have a strong vocabulary since, sorry, I have had a strong vocabulary since the age of five. The majority of my childhood was spent writing extensive creative stories with words straight out of a thesaurus. However, if you asked me a math equation, I'd look at you blankly and wouldn't know the answer. She'd probably be thinking, huh? Ask me to put together a puzzle. I wouldn't be able to comprehend how the pieces connect. I frustrated teachers yet amazed my parents. I could write novels, comprehend Shakespeare, and read books beyond my years. Yet, I still don't know how to ride a bike because of my, uh, poor coordination, balance coordination, and learning how to drive has been anything but fun for me because of poor spatial recognition." End quote. I can a lot relate to a lot of that, end quote. I also have strong vocabulary when I talk, but when I read or listen to TV, I constantly have to ask my parents for the definition of words. I'm constantly having to pause the news, Rachel Maldo, when we watch it and be like, what does that, what was that word that you just said? What does it mean, mom? And sometimes she'll know what I'm going to ask her, what word I'm going to ask her about. They like, you were reading my mind, mom. Thank you. Um, and that ha can happen a lot too when I'm reading a book because it's like, I don't know what this word means. And sometimes I have seen the word before, but I might not know what it means in that context, or I haven't seen it spelt before. So that sometimes doesn't help. Like if you heard the word, but you haven't seen it spelt out before, you know, sometimes that can trip you up. At least it trips me up. I don't know if that happens to anybody else who has an LD. Um, but anyways, 
I can also relate to Megan because I spent, I find myself spending extra time with driving because of the, um, like she said, poor spatial recognition. I would also say the visual spatialness plays a part in there. And also with puzzles, I used to be really bad at them, but because of COVID recently, I've been able to get really good at them. And um, I think that's helping with some of the small scale visual spatial things like trying to organize a dishwasher. And also with driving, um, it's not fun to learn to drive when you have an LT. It's hard because you have to think of many things. You have to know, okay, I have to scan my mirrors every three seconds. Um, I have to pay attention to what's on the road. I have to probably not listen to the radio or my favorite songs until I get really good at driving. And when I say really good, exaggerate the really good in your mind because if you're like me and you've been in a couple accidents and you were fortunate that nobody got hurt and because maybe somebody maybe god was looking out for you um you know nobody got hurt so <laughs> if you want more detail about that go to the episode about driving with penalty but um yeah, it's not easy to learn how to drive with an LD. And it's not easy to learn how to explain an LD to a friend because it's like you can talk, right? Yeah. But I can't understand the nonverbal things of a conversation. I can't understand the body language. I can't understand the facial expression. I can't understand the tone of voice as easily as a neurotypical. Those are some of the things that are hard for somebody with NLD to understand with the nonverbal things. And because I am a social butterfly, <laughs> I have been working on trying to understand those things more. And what I found was helpful, I might have said this before in a previous episode, is that if you listen to an episode on TV, maybe a movie or a frequent TV show that you've seen before, maybe a rerun episode, try listening to it on mute and just watch all the nonverbal stuff. This would be hard for somebody with NLD, but try it. And see if you can read the body language and match it up with the words. You know, maybe put on the subtitles and have it be with mute, if you can do that. I don't know if you can do that, but if you can, that would be a good thing. Um, if you, and there's another state step you could do with that. If you don't wanna have it be on mute and just rely on the nonverbalness, you could pause the TV show and ask your neurotypical sibling or parent and say, hey, am I reading that body language right? Is that person really interested in that conversation? 
Or is that person really saying, I need help. I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm angry. I'm mad at you. I'm frustrated. Whatever it may be, ask them if you're reading it correctly. Because if you're not, then they can help you. I've done that before and it has helped me. Also, Michael Brian Murphy, he has some good books about NLD. He has NLD himself. The books are called NLD from the Inside Out. I'll put that in the description for you. Um, the first, the second edition is about body language. The third one is about the science behind NLD. So that should, they're both really helpful, I think. Um, because if you read material about NLD, it should help you try to describe it to somebody else. If you have it or not, or if you know somebody who has it, it will help you. Um, and also, I know that um, my friends who listen to the podcast can try to understand NLD better because they're taking time to understand it from my perspective and from others' perspective as well. So I appreciate that. And I know that they're trying to expand upon their knowledge that I might have already given them or shared with them. Or maybe they're, you know, maybe you're starting fresh and you have an open mind and you're ready to learn. Um, and you may know very little about NLD and you may need a book like Michael's book and, or resources like from the NBLD project, they have great resources in their blog and they have some suggestions for books to read also. Um, so because, uh, the obvious of NLD may not appear for someone who has it until they are older, it will be hard to diagnose and help that individual out until they have a diagnosis. But once they do have a diagnosis, then you can help them in ways that will be very helpful because you will know the challenges that they experience and why they experience them. I know that this is a different topic than the obviousness of something being annoying, but I think it relates because if NLD is hard for you to see when one has it, then it's probably annoying to that person who has it because it's like, come on, I need help for, for them. This can be true for any learning challenge that is invisible and hard to see on the outside, like autism or maybe even Down syndrome. And it can be true of a physical challenge that is hard to see on the outside. Usually what is true of the one that is on the outside, sorry, usually what is on the outside is easier to see than what is on the inside because it is, it is more obvious than what is on the inside of some of them. You know, you can see their appearance, but you may not be able to see their personality and what they are really experiencing and thinking inside them and what has happened to them and maybe what they've gone through and maybe what they might be triggered by. Um, 
for example, the things that happened to me where I was taken advantage of more like the sexual abuse and the con artist, see episode 20 for more details, are not obvious on the outside or from the outside. They would only, you would only know about them if you were really close to me and I chose to tell you about that because I trusted you or because you listen to the podcast because they do have to do with NLD and I share that on the podcast. And I hope that these things about obviousness and trying to describe NLD to somebody who might not quite get the details about it and what it is will help you um, describe it to your friends who are neurotypical and your family. So whether it's trying to do better with the obviousness of things, being annoying, get a joke, or tease someone else, or describe NLD to your friends, I and others who have NLD still have these issues today. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for this podcast, and it is called livingwithnld.com. I would love for you to go to the podcast on that website and comment on the episode for this one, why obvious things are annoying to people with NLD, because I would like to see your thoughts about what is about that, you know, you know, what are you trying to do better about that to make them not be so (laughs) annoying? Um, Or what are you doing about trying to share to your friend about NLD and make it be easier for them to understand? Um, Please share at the level of comfortability that you have. If you're listening on Spotify, you can send an email at livingwithnld at gmail.com. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave it the answer and a review. And if you find obvious things annoying, you might try not saying that they are annoying because you don't always want to verbalize that because that might not be necessary. And you might also not want to comment on things that like if somebody is wrong, like if they, if you're asking what time it is and somebody in the room says, Oh, it says, Oh, it's nine 30 and it's really nine 45. You don't worry about correcting them. They're 15 minutes off. It's not really that much of a difference. I've been there before and I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, should I correct them or should I not? And I'm like, nope, don't do it because it might make the situation worse. And if you're around family and you accidentally do it, then you can apologize for it. But if you're not around people that know you have NLD, then you might just make the situation worse. So better not to do it then. Be sorry.
know, the same, either be safe than sorry, I would try to do that in that situation. So I hope you were able to learn something new today and um, enjoyed the episode. I will talk to you next Friday. Bye. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for this podcast. It is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook and Instagram page for this podcast. It is called Living With NLD. I will include the links for those in the description. In conclusion, I would like to hear from my audience. If you know individuals with NLD that I could interview for this podcast, please email me at livingwithnld at gmail.com. What are you interested in learning about NLD? I know I'm not an expert, but I do know I have the living experience of having it. I would like you to practice journaling about your gifts and differences. Also see if there is a way that you can make that difference become easier for you to do than it originally was. Thank you for listening today, and please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Thank you. Bye.